Great to have you back here at the Real Life Theology Podcast. As always, today we have a really cool episode with Shidanke Johnson and J.P. Robinson, and they discuss the topic of spiritual warfare. This is a really cool message because we have multiple different viewpoints and perspectives on spiritual warfare, what it looks like in these guys' lives, how we can work through it, how we can trust God more, and be able to just get some practical tools for understanding spiritual warfare and knowing that God has us and leaning in on Him more in our lives. Let's go ahead and see what they have to say today. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you to see that Jesus is good and he is with you and for you today. Something that is, like I said, uh, and this is the the funny story that I get to tell about Shadanke being here um, today, is that, first of all, Bobby uh, called me early in the week and said, hey, did you know Shadanke is going to be in town? Um, And I said, what? He said, yeah, you know he's going to be in town this week. Would would you like to see if Shadanke would preach with you? And I was like, yes. Of, of course I would like to, to see about that. So then um, Shadanke and I spoke and he said, yes, brother, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to, to preach with you. Well, then, now we'll go to this other picture. This is really interesting. So as we're talking, he starts, and I tell him the sermon. He, start, he laughs a little. He said, brother, this is crazy. I said, what's going on? He said, at our church in Sierra Leone right now, the whole month of May is a series on spiritual warfare. And so the reason I went to their Facebook page and grabbed this picture is, can you see what's on the monitor behind the, this, this, the, the choir? So uh, understanding spiritual warfare. So there's, it's no coincidence. There's no coincidence that you're here, right? So I'm so thankful about that. So in a minute, we're going to get to hear from Shadanke. Um, we've, we've got some things that we want to bring to you, and, and, and we're also going to have a special time of prayer at the end of the service. But um, as we're moving forward in the Resilient series and we're talking about um, today we're talking about spiritual warfare, uh, and that is the, the, the reality of it. I just want to say this as we begin. I, I'm going to go to this passage in Colossians, and I'm going to start with a statement that it, the sooner we can grasp this idea, the better. Uh, and that is that everything is spiritual, okay? This is what it says in Colossians 1, starting in 16. It says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, in David Young's book, he talks about uh, a challenge for Americans, uh, and that is that Americans are more about um, when when they think when they hear the word spiritual. A lot of them think that that means emotional. So, you know, they think like, um, okay, that, that's based on a feeling. You know, that, that's the spiritual realm is, is how, how I feel and, and what, how my emotions are connected with that. But when the Bible, and this is from the book, this is, it says, when the Bible uses the term, however, it refers to the personal, real beings who are beyond physics, but who interact with physics night and day nonstop in every corner of the universe. When the Bible uses the term, it is talking about angels and demons, the Holy Spirit and Satan, the archangels and the beast. And the Bible makes it clear that these spiritual beings are even more real than the physical beings we see every day. Mm-hmm. And that is a really challenging word right there, especially for, let's say, um, our country, 
and I know this is something that you and I have talked about, and that is the, the challenge that Americans have and recognizing the demonic, the spiritual realm, angels and demons, you know, in, 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 within every day. And, and I just wanted you to talk about, like, how could you encourage us to wrap yeah. our minds around that? I think well, part of the problem is that we have built a, a church culture or a religious culture that really depends on our natural culture. Now, our natural culture, the American natural culture, is that many people in this culture live by sight, not by faith. It is what they see, what they touch. That is what they naturally believe. It's a cultural thing for many people, not all of Mm -hmm. them. But you see, the issue of spiritual warfare is as rare as the law of gravity. Now, many people, you have not seen the law of gravity, but you believe in the law of gravity. Whether you believe in the law of gravity or not, the law of gravity exists. And if you want to prove it, go and climb a 10-story building and jump out. And you will see the law of gravity in operation. You see, even though you don't believe, but it is there. When we speak about spiritual warfare, it is real. It is a fact. It is a truth. And the Bible makes it very clear to us that these things exist. So even if you don't believe in it, it exists. That is why a lot of people have been taken by surprise because it's like the law of gravity. They don't believe in it and they're jumping from a 10-story building all of a sudden to realize that there are spiritual warfare and these things exist. Now, I want us to know that we are at war. One thing we should know, we are at war. You know, when you read this, the story in Ephesians here, he says, uh, for we are fighting our struggles, our struggles. Some versions say our war mm-hmm. is not against flesh and yep. blood. We are at war. The first day you accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you became a target for the enemy. You are now on the other side. And so the enemy is not going to clap for you, celebrate for you, and jump for you when you are succeeding. The enemy is going to come after you because you belong to another camp, which is Jesus. So we are at war. And secondly, we should understand that the difference between this war and the normal war we know is not physical. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. That's what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. It's not a physical combat war. It's a spiritual war. So if you fight it physically, you will lose. Yeah. But also, Paul makes it very clear, you know, that God has given us a weapon that is powerful and is disruptive. And if we use that power in the spirit realm, then definitely we disrupt the powers of the enemy. But we need to understand this. We need to know that this is real, just like the law of gravity. And if you sleep or go against it, you will feel the pain of the law. You will feel the pain of the law of gravity when you go against it. So also, you will, when you are slack in your spiritual work, these things come after you and they succeed. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're saying is if, if our eyes are not open to that reality, then we can just be, you know, blindsided. You know, it just comes from... All of a sudden, it's right on top of us and we feel overwhelmed. That's really the truth. So we need to understand that we need to be aware of it. We don't need to be afraid of it, mm-hmm. but we need to be aware. Just that we are not, I'm not afraid of the law of gravity, but I'm aware that the law of gravity exists. So I'm not going to do something stupid. 
against the law of gravity because it's going to, you know, it's going to militate against me. So also there's spiritual warfare. We don't need to be afraid, but we need to be aware that it is there. So when we begin to sense some things that is not natural, we know exactly what to do. We know what to do in Christ Jesus. That's right. Uh, The, you know, one of the things that we have to do, and I, and I said this a few weeks ago, but, but I, I just want to continue to say this because it's so vital for us to understand it, is that we have to recognize the enemy behind the enemy, okay? We have to recognize the enemy behind the enemy. Um, you know, when, when, Paul, when, when Peter wrote, well, I'm going to share this passage in, in Peter, but when Peter wrote this passage, um, the Roman persecution of Christians was so intense. And as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write, you need to understand what he's writing about and what he calls the enemy. He doesn't say, you know, hey, everybody be on your guard because the Romans are prowling around and they're trying to get you, okay? That's not what he says. He goes direct to the enemy behind the enemy and he wants the believers to understand this. So when he says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The people in the Roman Empire and the Roman government, they were actually in bondage. I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but they were in bondage to sin and to Satan. But what happens to us and what's happening in our culture right now is something that we need to make sure we understand. There are things that are offensive to Christians. It's not like there haven't been things that have been offensive to Christians all throughout history, but there seems to be a rapid increase of the things that are offending believers now. It's happening quickly. It really is. It's happening faster. And as those things happen, we have a response that we need to make. But if our response is to attack the people that are doing these things, then we're missing what God's desire is. Because the real enemy is the one who's deceiving them. The real enemy is Satan. And that he is, he is the master deceiver. He's the father of lies. He's the one who has them blinded. And therefore, when they're coming forward with all of these things that are, um, are so hurtful, so uh, 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 even oppressive or offensive to a believer, we have to recognize the fact that they are deceived. So if our prayers and our goal is not to do battle with the enemy, the real enemy, then we're missing the point. And we'll just spin our wheels and just get upset, more upset and angry. We have to do battle with the enemy behind the physical enemy. The spiritual enemy is greater and he's the deceiver. Does that make sense? We've got to be in that place. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about that because Shadonke, I know that you understand the difference between the enemy that's coming after you physically and the enemy who's behind that. This is also where many Christians miss it. Many believers, many disciples and disciple makers, they just miss it completely. And the issue is that the devil, one of the strategies of the enemy is that he wants you to break the relationship with God. 
And breaking the relationship with God, he wants you to, to really hate the enemy rather than the enemy behind the enemy. He wants you to have this bitterness against your neighbor, against family members, against friends, and so that you miss the whole mark. No, because Jesus came and he came with love. He showed love. I normally tell people one way to really defeat the, rear, the enemy is that you just continue to love and pray for their souls. So, for example, when people come against us, like all throughout my journey with the Lord, I have been attacked many times. I have come against, the enemy has come against me. But because the enemy is a spirit, I know that the enemy is going to use physical bodies. He's going to use something that is going to manifest himself true to come against me. So whenever I'm faced with those challenges, I am not looking at the person, at the flesh. That's what the Bible is saying. I'm not looking at the flesh. I'm looking at the enemy behind that enemy. So what I do is that my prayer and my attack is not against the physical person. It's against the spirit that is operating in the lives of that person. Yeah, that's right. and, and so that's what I come against. That's what I pray against. Because it is for the good of the enemy itself to be set free. It is for the good of the enemy. I have seen so many people that hated us. Some of them said, we're going to kill you. We're going to burn down your house. This is what we're going to do. At the end of the day, when we pray for them, when God delivers them, they are the nicest people to deal with. They are so gentle. They are so nice. How did that happen? There was something bigger in them that was saying the words that they were saying. And we come against those things. I will give you an illustration. You know, um, of course, I've had so many threats, so many persecution. But one that I don't want to share that I shared in the first service is, like one day I was, I just received this picture of, uh, the picture of Ben Laden. You know, we all know Usman Ben Laden, who was this notorious um, terrorist. uh, terrorist. And so they put the picture, his picture, and sent it to me. And underneath they wrote, you are next. Now, what does it really mean? It means you are next in line to die. You are next in line to be, be, so that we'll hit you. Well, I prayed about it. And then the Lord impressed in my heart. So all I did was that I took the picture of Ben Laden away and I put the picture of Jesus and I sent it to the same address with the same word, you are next in line. (laughs) So you are next in line for salvation. You want to keep, I want you to be saved. And indeed, that person got saved. So that is the way we approach it. When we see the things that happen in our families, in the lives of our children, there are times we are angry, we get worked up, but there are times what we need to do is that we see the enemy behind the enemy. Now the devil wants to get to you, he cannot get to you, he can get to your spouse, he can get to your children or friends or family members or your job and you get irritated and you get annoyed with God. Rather than say, you devil, I know your tricks. You're a liar. We are not ignorant of the tricks of the enemy. So I come against you in the name of Jesus. I bind your works. I am a child of God. I have the authority of God. And in the name of Jesus, I command you, come out. I am not going to believe your lie. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to go out. And the word of God is with me. And the power of God is all around me. Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) Now, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to do a little sidebar. I didn't do this in the first service, but because I am also over our, our home groups, I'm just going to let, I'm going to tell you about this picture that we've got on the screen because um, I believe isolation is one of the tactics of the enemy. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So let me just say, as, as I, like I said, it's a little sidebar, but let me just say this. When, when scripture describes the enemy as a, as a, a, a 
you know, a lion who's prowling around looking for someone to devour. You guys need to understand that what lions do, and I've seen lions, uh, like, well, I didn't, I got to see the, the result of a kill. I've never seen a hunt. I wish I would, I'd love to see one. But here's what they do. Lions want to separate the weak from the herd, okay? They want to take someone who's struggling, like they, wa- like they want to take a, like this baby zebra or anything else and separate it from the herd, isolate it, and then pounce on it because it has no protection. The analogy, if we're not in community, if we're not in community with one another, what Satan will do is isolate us, then he'll start to, t- there, we'll be dealing with lies and all kinds of things that he's trying to tell us, and we're not we're not able, we're not sharing that with anybody else. We're just in our own prison and he's isolated us. That's when he pounces, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like we need each other. We need to be open and honest with each other and share with one another because the enemy prowls like that. And that's what he does. Let me share an illustration we share back home that I tell people. Now it's like a very professional boxer. I was interested in all of these things. So, you know, I tried to read around them. A good boxer, what you want to do is to get your opponent in a small corner so that your opponent is not jumping around. When you get that opponent in that small corner, now you can give the opponent some upper bang, upper heat, and all of a sudden the opponents really have no way to move around. And so what the enemy does is that to get us in the small corner, separated from the rest, and then he begins to come and give us some jar, upper court, side court. And as a result, because we are weak and isolated, yep. bam, we fall down equally. And the enemy has a victory. But when we are together with others and together, as we begin to pray, the enemy knows that he has no chance. That's right. He has no chance. Absolutely. Okay, so the other thing we want to make sure that we understand when it comes to spiritual warfare is we need to understand what spiritual bondage is. We don't fight against our opponents. We fight for them, okay? We don't fight against them. We fight for them, for their souls, against the demons that have their souls in bondage. That's the battle that we're fighting because they've been blinded. And that was our situation before we were found in Christ. Let me read this in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who's this? The spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. What happens when a culture decides to stand for things that celebrate that which contradicts God's word? What's going on when there's a complete rejection of Jesus? What is happening when Christians are chastised and ridiculed and punished and even put to death? Who's behind this? Satan is behind this. And this is utter and complete deception. And what's it called? It's spiritual bondage. These people are in bondage. They're in bondage because they've believed a lie. They've been, they've been completely deceived. And let me just say this. And I'd love to talk more about this today, but we're not going to. But I just want to say it so you hear me say it. This is not just about people who are not following Jesus. There are people who are believers, who are Christians, who can also be in bondage because they don't walk in the truth of who they are in Christ. And instead, the enemy has come and is lying to them and they're believing those lies. So even Christians are, instead of being free in Christ, are struggling in areas where they are bound by the enemy because they're believing lies that he's selling. Does that make sense? So that's, that's important to note, but now back to the people who, uh, who, who are 
opposing Christianity, opposing the things of the Bible. This is what happens. They're, they're, they're believing lies like this, like, hey, you can build your paradise here. That's a lie they believe. They also believe this. There's no truth, only power. That's a lie that the enemy wants. This is another one. Unborn babies aren't human. Or, or the greatest good is achieving pleasure. That's a lie that they're believing. Or like sexual sin, and they wouldn't call it that, but this is a healthy expression of that. The, the reality is that's what's happening in our culture. It's, it's increasing in our culture, and it's the war that we're in. So how do we fight? Well, we have to cultivate the weapons of the Spirit. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely one of the things, uh, Jesus made it very clear when you read John chapter 15, you know, he, he makes it very clear to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Yep. You know, when the enemy comes against us with all these ideological lies and all these spirits, we know that it's a lie. And how do we do it? I think that the Bible gives us here in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 13 to 17. He makes it very clear to us. And he says here that it's very clear. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, the day of evil, when he comes, when these things come against you. Not, if, was, not if it comes. Not if, when. when it comes. Because it will surely come. You may be able to stand, stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, because at the end, the goal here is that you have to stand. A good soul there, you remain standing. You don't want to just, you have to stand after doing everything. And now he continues to tell us what we need to do. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. So he has given us some of the weapons, the belt of truth. We need to have the truth because the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The truth is what is important. It is not religion that sets you free. It is not tradition it is not the order of service in the church. It is the truth, the word of God, that sets you free. So it is important that we know the truth. And the belt was very important to the Romans. Yeah. You know, that's where all the weapons were hanging. Mm-hmm. So the belt, the truth is just important. We can't evade the truth. But it goes also to tell us, put on the truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness. So another thing that we need to do is to have the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is so important. The Roman soldiers had the breastplate to protect them from all, you know, the, the, the things that we come against them, the sword and everything. And so we have righteousness as a way, as a radiant. This is the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And so we are dressed with the same righteousness and this righteousness will help us wherever we go. It's a powerful thing. It's guarding our faith. It's guarding our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need the righteousness of God. And it goes further to say the righteousness and, um, in, in righteousness in peace. And then also he said, and which you, which your feet filled, filtered with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, put on your shoe. Now, the, again, the Roman soldiers, they had three parts. When they are putting on their shoe, it was so strong. It was made of brass. Mm-hmm. It's almost like brass so that when they step on things, nothing happened. And when we have this peace, it is when the, we have the peace of God inside of us, the enemy has a place. And that place is under our feet. That place is under our feet. That's where the enemy is supposed to be. It's under our feet because we have put That's on, right. you know, this gospel of peace. You know, I want you to know back home in my country, a few months ago, the country appointed me to be the, the chairperson for the peace, 
They call it Independent Commission for Peace and National Reconciliation. That means everything that has to do with peace in the country, they want me to kind of facilitate that and help peace to reign. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue here is that everybody was calling me, I mean, you are the right person. I said, of course, I have peace inside of me. And I know where the enemy is, is supposed to be under our feet because we have the peace of God in us. But also it goes further to say not only the gospel of peace, he says here, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take on the shield of faith. The shield of faith. They had the shield in their hands. And here, the shield, again, was made of different things. But this shield was a way to protect them as the, they would come against them, the Roman soldiers. They would use a shield. Well, we need the shield of faith. We need faith. When the enemy brings the lies against us, we tell the enemy, no. I know what the word of God says. And you give it back to the enemy. When the enemy, when there was temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, reading from verse 2 and Luke chapter 4, all Jesus did was he brought the word of God, the truth. This is, it is written. It is written. So we have to say the same thing against the devil. When the enemy says that you're a failure, when he says, you know, you have been destroyed, I can stand up and tell the enemy, no. Yea, though I walk through this yeah. valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. He's run and the start with comfort me. When the enemy comes against me, I will say, hey, look, I want you to be reminded, enemy, the Bible says about me in Psalm 91 verse 1, we that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord is my refuge and my strength, my God, in whom I will trust. So you keep on coming against the enemy with the word. You need faith and step out in faith. It is very, very important for us. He said, with which you, you, um, you can extinguish all the fearing, um, arrows of the evil one. So your faith is the one that you know, it just extinguished all the fear and all the lies that come against you, the oppressive spirit. We can use faith. And then finally, he said, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need the helmet. The Roman soldiers could not go to war without the helmet. The helmet was so heavy. And therefore, they would line the helmet with some clothing to make it very soft on the neck and the ears of the Roman soldier. Why did they need the helmet? Because any would come against them with strong weapons, hammers to hit their head. But once they have that helmet, it will protect them. Yep. Not so we need the helmet of salvation. We need this. You have to be sure that indeed I am born again. I am yep. saved. I have a relationship with Jesus. So when the enemy brings these lies, we are protected because of what Christ did. And we need that thing, which is, a, which is the word of God, which is the word. We need it constantly. The word of the spirit of God inside of us. Brothers and sisters, you need this word. Many Christians are weak today because they don't have the word inside of them. We are so weak because the word is not inside of us. We come to church, we lift up our hands, we celebrate, but there's nothing like the word inside of us. So indeed, we are weak. We are like a soldier coming out to fight and we only have one gun, one gun, and we are making noise. And when the enemy chases us, we don't have a backup. There's no backup. The word of God is your backup. It is important. You feed on the word. He said to Joshua, Joshua, let this book of the Lord do not depart from your mouth. But make sure that you meditate on it day and night. For by this word, you are going to be successful in the land. By this word of God, we will be successful. When the enemy brings his lie, we will say, you enemy, you are a liar. You are the father of all liars. You have been a liar from the beginning. All All you know is to lie. But I have the truth. And that truth comes from Jesus. Amen. 
Thanks again for joining us today. Really hope this message was a great one for you and you could take away some tools to help you battle the enemy and help you depend on God more and understand spiritual warfare more in whatever context you are in. I would highly encourage you all to check out our podcast page and go see Scripture in Black and White with Bobby Harrington and Anthony Walker and Step Into Scripture with Tina. Both are really great Bible-centric podcasts that focus on helping believers become more equipped in their everyday discipling journey. 